Saloni is known for building ecosystems from ground up and is always on the lookout for her next interesting project. Also, a new pup mom as of this week. Thank you so much for doing this for us. Saloni. Oh, there, there it is. Amazing. <laughs> Cool. So I think before we jump into the multiple questions that we have from our audience, uh, Saloni, we're going to start with a couple of rapid fire questions just for our members to kind of get to know you a little bit better. You already know the rules, so I think I can jump right in. I'm hoping. Hi, thank you so much. It's really nice to see all of you and thank you for joining in. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you for also sending all the profiles in advance. It was really nice to, you know, just get to know all of you um, a little bit um, and just understand what the evening is going to be like. So thank you, Ragini. No, of course. We're super, super excited. And let's actually start with the question that, our mem that we asked our members at the beginning of the session, Saloni. Where do you think it's toughest for you to have a tough conversation? Is it uh, personal? Is it professional? And then let's also hear what our members have to say. So I honestly struggle with a lot of personal tough conversations. Um, and we've, uh, especially with my dad, more than anyone else. And we've uh, come up with a lot of different strategies together because we both realized at some point that, you know, that's a difficult space for us. But I think uh, professionally, I've, I've learned quite a bit to manage those conversations and they're they're easier. Yeah, I know. That's why you're here. But uh, let's also see what our members have to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think mostly all professional. I think we have 58% um, who struggle slightly with professional. And, and then we have a mix of personal and, and both. Great. Cool. Um, what's your favorite interview question? Actually, my favorite interview question is about... Um, you know, what's the toughest challenge that you've faced in your career? I, I, it really tells me what the person can manage and not manage. Uh, and how, where do I place them in the team if I were to hire them? Fair enough. No, very, very interesting. A book that's by your bedside or a book you highly recommend. Either. Ryan Holiday, Ego is the Enemy. Got it. Thank you. And the most important, leadership quality in a leader as per you being empathetic extremely important i feel no yeah i completely agree i think we did a session with abanti from diageo and i think uh, everyone resonated and i think she had the same thing to say she's so, fabulous she's fabulous she's wonderful like i'm i'm such a huge fan of hers no and and likewise i think we were all like in awe of her after the last session we had as well okay i have one slightly heavy question uh, if you could actually go back in time and change one decision that you made in your life, what would that be? Um, one decision that I would change in my life. Wow. We I, don't want to know the why. You can just tell us the one decision. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think I would have not completely given up uh, my position as the CEO in my first startup, Desi Crew. I would have taken a break for one year and gone back. Very I needed the break, but I couldn't understand, you know, that, uh, the difference. And I just, I'm still happy where the company is, but I would have taken a break rather than completely give up. 
that's powerful to even say no we're, we're going to begin with some questions that we've already got from from our audience today and we've tried to keep these fairly relevant and industry agnostic and then of course members we leave the last 30 35 minutes to ask your questions directly to saloni please do feel free to jump in and share your perspective at any point this is a safe space as i always say and we want to make this as interactive and candid as possible for you you can also actually start asking your questions on the chat box and that's the order that we're going to follow for our q and a later today cool so i think just going to start rolling out the questions now the the first one saloni is actually applicable to a lot of us so i'm going to lead with that what should be our body language uh, especially facial expressions and posture when faced with emotionally charged situations at work what should it be i mean i think all of us probably wanted to be calm and wanted to be um more assertive if we want whatever we want you know done uh, but i think it's it's hard to hard to maintain that assertiveness without being emotional sometimes but it should be calm and it should be assertive and i think the only way that happens is if you know to like in my in my case i see that most days i can have a calm and uh, calm demeanor when i'm having a tough conversation if i've had that conversation with myself once uh, but if i walk in unprepared then my emotional my emotions generally take over and i start becoming irritable or you know annoyed or bossy and there's a there's a difference so yeah so so are you saying practice those conversations um not practice practice but be clear on why you're having it and what you want to say right and i think in some conversations if you're not feeling that you can be that calm and you can be assertive then it's just important to just stay shut and listen right and try and understand the other person's point of view because if you listen sometimes you you understand that maybe you didn't understand something about that situation as well um so if you can't be um calm and assertive and get your point across then it it might be better to just keep quiet and listen uh mull over and then go back and have that conversation again fair enough i think i think that couldn't agree more uh our next question is uh, could you share a couple of pointers on having a difficult conversation with managers who are of the same age or younger than me in fact actually going to kind of turn that around and also ask you about how does one have a tough conversation with someone who's way older right because i think i think people kind of struggle with both things sometimes right so you know when we discuss this question i've been thinking about it a lot because i think a lot of us do struggle with it and a lot of my friends at least especially who work in companies like um facebook and twitter and paytm and zomato right uh, often are uh, you you find that managers are much younger um i had a situation where i we, when i was uh, handing over my ceo position um we had first recruited him as the ceo for two years right and he was 12 years older than me um so we had a very different sort of relationship initially and i think um what really sort of um helps is again to keep an open mind we don't know everything about everything in tough conversations it's often helpful if you walk in with the point of view that i actually don't know i don't know what's the best way to do it instead of forcing our opinion and our expectation 
you know, in, in that situation. And if our, like our point of view is really right and we want it done in a certain way, um, then having a, like a regular, you know, normal conversation and bringing that person to that point um, or coming to a midpoint often helps to make sure that the project is more effective or whatever the end result is more effective or the relationship is more effective. Um, so I just feel like there's um, uh, that willingness to not hold on to, you know, I know this is the best way out and I know being rigid about it, giving that position up for ourselves often eases that, especially with people who might have an age gap because they have a different perspective. And I was reading this book today called uh, The Psychology of Money. I don't know how many of you have read it. Yeah, it's uh, trending. <laughs> it's trending right now. Yeah. So I picked it up again because I, I read it a while ago. It was a paper actually uh, a while ago. And uh, so I'd read it about three years ago and I picked it up again. And, uh, you know, he was making the same point. He's like, we know about money what we've experienced. And if you extrapolate that, whatever we are trying to solve, we know best from our own experiences. But someone else may have a very different point of view and a much better way to do it. Uh, only if we are also willing to listen. Yes. Very, very interesting. Um, what are some ways to initiate very, very relevant? Uh, what are some ways to initiate tough conversations while working remotely? Oh, that's a tough one. It's really difficult. I would love to hear other people talk about this as well, honestly, because I think all of us are struggling with this. We don't have the skills to work remotely 24 by seven. We're all learning, we're, we're adapting. And I'm honestly struggling with that myself right now. Um, I've built two completely new teams in Paytm during 2020. Um, many of those folks I've never seen in my life. I don't even know if I will see them. Uh, completely like new teams. Some of them are new to Paytm, some of them are old to Paytm, but we've never interacted, whatever, right? And having some difficult conversations remotely in this situation, when you've not even seen the person face to face, like I'm honestly struggling with it myself. Um, but I, the way I'm approaching it right now is I've let my team have the benefit of doubt in a lot of situations. And I've just chosen to build trust with them. I don't know if it's the right way to do it, but I've just chosen to build trust with them. And then if something is not getting done, I bring that up saying that, you know, we've given you whatever was needed and we've given you the benefit of doubt so far. So now this needs to get done. It needs to get done. There is no excuse anymore. And they understand that because they've seen the good side. They step up when there is a challenge. Uh, but I would love to hear other people because I know I'm struggling with this one. Got it. In case anyone wants to share actually what, what maybe they do differently um, or would like to share any best practices, please do feel free to jump in as well. Cool. I, I don't think we, we have uh, an answer today, but then uh, I think Saloni, I think I completely agree with you. I think the, the trust factor is super, super important. I think, uh, understanding that this is the new normal is also super important. So I think just kind of living with that and working in the best possible way is, is, is key. Um, so just going to quickly move to the next question. Uh, the most awakening episode in your personal or professional life that brought about a change in your thought process. 
Um, so, I mean, multiple actually, honestly, but I think there was a realization at multiple points where um, I think like for me, I really struggle saying no to things. So, you know, just saying no to people and saying no to things is hard for me. Uh, both um, sometimes professionally and so I stretch myself quite a bit because people will come back and say hey why don't you do this you know saloni ko bol do kar ho jayega, right? because the person who gets work done gets more work um, mm-hmm. and similarly in, in a personal situation like I find it very difficult to say no if my friends call and say hey you want to meet for dinner today I might be really exhausted but because they've called I'll be like yeah let's do it right um, and then I realized that you know some of these situations where it's hard to say no, like just being more, like just stepping out, seeing myself as a third person and starting to say no, like how would that person say no to this situation? Um, And that doing that over and over again and not expecting things to change, right? Um, That really helped me sort of realize that things have to be done differently. Um, So I can't pinpoint to one, episode or experience uh, but I think um, saying no to myself often is harder for me than saying no to someone else like I don't want to go for dinner I first have to say no to myself right and that's what I realized in in um, in difficult conversations as well that if you've had that conversation with yourself and you have that clarity of why you want to do it then you go out and you say it very nicely the time you get agitated or the time you get upset is when you've not had that conversation with yourself. Right. And so you don't know how to express yourself. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah. No, no, I, I guess it does. Right. I think, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you can't pinpoint the exact year or the episode, but, but what I understand is, or what I'm hearing is just saying no to yourself and having that conversation with yourself first. Um, is important, uh, very, very relevant. And uh, the last one is very interesting as well that I have and to the audience's questions. Um, How do you handle a team member who is a great worker but has mental health issues and gets demotivated very quickly? You don't want him or her, uh, you don't want to lose him or her, but you can't counsel every day. And I think very relevant right now, I think with everything that's happening this year and, and of course work from home. So how does one navigate and, and have a conversation, I guess, with this person in, in such a situation? Right. So a very relevant question for 2020. And I honestly, when we were going through the various questions, this was very close to my heart also because I st- set up a mental health and counseling center, um, you know, and the service is now online three years ago. Um, because I feel that mental health is a conversation, both at work and in personal lives, we don't take very seriously, right? We, we are very dismissive of, dismissive of mental health. Um, so we've had this situation twice this year where we, we've had to have this, uh, you know, this little, um, I would say encouraging and not so encouraging conversation. Um, there was a, a young guy in our team, uh, he lost his father uh, in the early days of COVID when there was like full lockdown. His father was suffering from cancer. And he lost his dad. Um, it was obviously overwhelming. Everything was shut. You know, you've lost a, uh, you know, your your parent and whatever. So we gave him off for two three weeks, um, and then whatever he'd asked for, he he said he wanted off for three weeks. So we gave him off, and he came back. But he was obviously not able to cope up and not able to catch up with you know what was happening. And on the other side, we're a relentless organization sometimes, right? Um, so 
pressure was just building up um so what we sat down and we had a chat with him and we said look we understand where you are and you know we don't want to sort of put you under more duress and pressure uh but we're going to move you from anything which is critical right we're going to move you from anything that is critical at this point and things that don't need a hourly supervision or a daily supervision or you know impact something which might be in a public domain uh so we'll find a role like that uh we had a similar situation in reboot where a young girl um you know who was a, a counselor as well went uh, to rishikesh when things started opening up she went with her friends for a vacation uh and she had a near death experience uh, white water rafting and she came back and she said look i can't like she tried she tried for two months and she said i can't do it i can't work anymore right um and then it's important i think to just carve out stuff and that's a smaller team there's just four people uh, who are full time so if one leaves it's like a huge gap right what do you do um and we just had to sit down and we also had to accept where she is uh we counseled her for a while and then we said fine we'll have to bite the bullet and just let go right if you don't want to work you will not work no matter what we do you will not work um so you just have to let go sometimes and that's the best and most peaceful thing for everybody um so if if there is a way uh, to move the person out from very critical roles that's one option um but otherwise just letting go and accepting what the reality is for them and for you both uh, both are important no no i think that's very interesting and in fact i was talking to my coach i think about this last week and and she said she just said that ragni no one wants you to think about them right so i think just uh, just accepting that and and biting the bullet like you said sometimes is super important so what we're going to do right now is we're going to start moving to the audience's questions i think yashna we have a question from you so if you want to quickly unmute yourself and ask your question to saloni directly sure so um you know i'm not sure if i have phrased the question right in the chat box but essentially my question is um so there are times i find where i've made a certain life choice either personal or professional and of course there are people who kind of give you feedback on that and and that's totally okay and you know i always take that on board but i often find that there are some people who deliberately make comments or statements that that almost um are just to kind of take you down and in those minutes even though i know the answer and later when i'm showering i'm like i should have said this in that moment i kind of either freeze or tend to get a bit defensive about my decision and i'm not able to explain what i could have explained really well at the time and so i just wanted to know if you had any advice for a situation like that where you just get asked by sometimes a question that someone asks yeah when someone really you know pisses me off like that i have like a statement in my head sometimes i say it just to myself and sometimes i say it aloud if the person's really annoying me and i don't care i say it aloud and i just say chuck it in the fuck it bucket and move on right like it's over i took a decision good bad it doesn't matter it doesn't impact your life right but i don't have to explain it so it's simple chuck it in the fuck it bucket that's it say it to the person say it to yourself whatever it's it's about that conversation about that decision it doesn't matter right but i don't want to talk about it it's okay everyone makes mistakes some are good experiences and some are bad experiences that's fine so i mean i i generally just use the phrase Cool. We have Anu next. Anu, would you want to unmute and ask your question? 
Sure, Agni. Uh, thanks, Loni, for your insights. Sorry, I'm at an uh, area where I can't open my video. No Basically, what I want to ask, Salona, is um, I'm an HR professional and I do get to interact with people a lot and have those conversations. I especially struggle with my team members when I have to give them some feedback or have those tough conversations. I always have this sense of hunch to verify that feeling of or that conversation with some of my friends or peers have I done that right was it the right thing to do is it a sense of lack of confidence or generally you have also felt that and it's a normal feeling to have to verify that sense of uh, thing that entire to run over it again and uh, get that sense of verification or validation so Ragini I'm sorry I don't know if it was my internet or Anus but I missed stuff in between uh, so was the question uh, that do like, do you need validation or? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think, so I think I've realized personally for myself, right? Like I need a lot of validation sometimes. Like as a child, I needed a ton of validation. And I think as I was growing up, I needed validation. Uh, I feel that a lot of times when somebody is looking for validation, it's just, you just need to make them feel a little more comfortable and confident. Um, starting with something that they've done well, starting with something that there's something that's good about them uh, often sort of helps ease that conversation and then bringing up uh, whatever the feedback is. And that's why I said, I think empathy is the most important thing because saying it in a nice and empathetic way uh, is the most important thing. Um, sometimes it doesn't work because some people don't get empathy. They really need to hear it in very hard and crude words. Uh, which is very different, but starting from a point where you start with, you know, something that's good about them, um, which boosts their confidence, gives them that validation, and then bringing up, hey, by the way, you know, this could be, this could be done differently. Or if they're colleagues and we work on a regular basis, just asking them sometimes, right, how do they do something which is very good? Um, so Because there's something good that everybody does. So in, when you don't have to, give feedback but your normal course of business asking them hey you're really good at this project you're very good at you know organizing stuff on time you're very good at saying no right you're very good at managing that cutoff you're very good at managing money whatever it is giving them that compliment trying to learn from them in a good time will allow them also to hear that feedback from you in a much better way um, so I feel like if I, if I know that I have to give someone very harsh feedback, it's not just about that day. It's a relationship over a period of time because especially at work, you can see that trend, right? It's not a surprise that happens. And if it is something that you want to say at the spur of the moment, saying it with a smile and saying it with some positivity rather than with anger uh, often, you know, makes people more receptive of, of that feedback. Thank you so much, Saloni. Renu, I know you have two questions. So do you want to maybe club them and ask Saloni your question? Uh, hi, thanks, Ragini. Hi, Saloni. Um, again, I'm, I'm in a position not uh, to be able to uh, put my video on. I face this situation often where as a professional uh, and uh, I am the entrepreneur in my profession, I find that youngsters, you know, uh, who come on board, 
the age gap between the youngster and me i mean i know in startups it could be different you know you could have maybe a less than 30 year old heading a startup but for a service uh, industry professional uh, who's let's say 35 12 years into the profession and a youngster who comes on board who's either 22 23 24 sometimes i get the sense that that merely for that age difference you're not being taken seriously i mean uh, and 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 the way i get that sense is what what you give as a feedback to them on their work is perhaps not perceived as a constructive criticism to so do you have do you have any any suggestions on how to improve upon that i mean is my question really right um i think it happens often but I think there are, I classify them into whatever, right? The younger, the, the folks that I work with and who are much younger than me. Uh, is there like something I can learn from them? Or is there an attitude issue? Like some people just come with a lot of attitude and they want to just tell you, they have a chip on their shoulder and they want to tell you that they are better than you, which is fine. You let them be because whatever, that's who they are, right? As long as they're doing their work and they're doing it well, I don't allow them to come into my personal space and sort of, you know, keep reminding me. So I have a, I have a colleague like that who's, uh, who's much younger, uh, aspiring stand-up comedian, uh, you know, wants to use humor and very cheeky humor in every, every conversation that we have. Uh, not performing great, not performing to expectation. I have to take him to task every few days. On top of it, um, you know, the gentleman's getting married. So I have to be really nice to him because it's the most important event in his life and I can't just mess it up. Um, but I'm having a really hard time with him. And um, I constantly remind myself before going into a conversation that, you know, he knows stuff that I don't know. He knows how to make people laugh. He knows his, his whatever, you know, whatever he's been hired for, he knows that. Uh, and I don't need to micromanage him. I will not micromanage him, right? And I'm going to allow him room to fuck up if he does because I'm going to use it when I need it then. Just give him the space, let him do his stuff, don't micromanage him. Let him fuck up if he needs to. Appreciate him for all the good stuff he's doing. But if he fucks up, just remind him and, and tell him calmly at that point of time. And uh, this was a very difficult relationship for me as well because I didn't hire him. He had changed four managers before he came to me. So in four months. So he was like, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. You're going to go away. I'm still going to be here, right? There's going to be a fifth manager and a sixth manager. And that's it. Like, so what? I, I don't need you. And I don't need to hear anything that you're saying. And uh, over the last four months, we've actually built a good relationship where now he turns around stuff because uh, I allowed him that just that space to be who he is and express, right? He'll come up with some crappy campaign ideas sometimes. But I'll be like, yeah, go ahead, see through. I'm not the one who's going to say no. Let the group say no to you, right? Um, because I want to build that relationship. That is more important for me today. So prioritizing what we also want in that, in that situation, right? Uh, today, if he quits, I know like there is a larger problem at hand with that, right? If we have a bad relationship, it's a larger problem at hand. Um, and I think some of the people who I've learned from give me that same space. They allowed me to make mistakes when I was uh, much younger and inexperienced, even today, right? Uh, they allow me that space to make mistakes. So I think sometimes in the age difference, we feel that we know better and we're not willing to learn as well. 
and honestly i think a lot of my friends get annoyed with this as well but i always introspect and turn around and say hey what could i do differently you are who you are i can't change you right i can't do anything about that but what can i do differently here so i don't know if that helps answer your question thank you saloni thank you janvi do you want to unmute yourself and ask yeah. hi saloni hey. okay so my question is um i think quite simple here um basically do you remotely or not i feel like whenever there's a tough conversation to have i'm always confused whether i should just walk up to the person or set up some time like very general and then take um the tough conversation up during that time or whether i should just quickly just get to the point instead of um beating around the bush before it so um in your opinion what do you think has worked best and what how do you feel we should handle it uh janvi it's very contextual honestly yeah of course you know, i think yeah it's very contextual sometimes it's just easy to bring it up uh but i personally find it easier to uh you know say it when i'm feeling peaceful about it rather than when i'm feeling agitated so i just look out for that like when am i feeling peaceful to talk about it to you if i'm feeling peaceful i'll communicate it well but if i'm feeling agitated i'll just make the situation worse um so if i'm feeling peaceful in that conversation at that point of time and i know i can say it in a nice way and it won't come out as rude or you know uh, condescending then i'll say it at that point of time but if i feel like it's not going to happen right now and i will mess up the situation then i just pause and i'm like okay it doesn't matter we'll do it at at a different time and then i can think through it and say okay do i want to do it over text do i want to do it over call do i actually want to see the person because sometimes it's just easier saying something over text right even if it's difficult it's just easier communicating that and saying that's it right um and uh, i think in most situations it's not like the other person is oblivious they are also party to it so yeah yeah okay thank you it says ac uh, so if you can <laughs> just quickly yeah, yeah. thank you oh yeah, yeah. So my name is ankita actually i'm not sure why it's going to be on the screen yeah <laughs> yeah so hi saloni uh, so my questions i have two questions again so first is so in in a startup environment as such uh, it it happens at times right that when you have joined there are definitely team members who have joined before you right so uh, so if if when talking to a colleague or you know brainstorming something and working on, on them on a project uh and and i tend to get this response when when suggesting something that you know i've been here for a far longer time and this is how we do things and uh, that kind of like throws me off a little bit so uh, and and the surprising thing is when when that same issue or when that same aspect is discussed say in a team meeting then that is not really brought up like the person or my colleague does not really bring that up so how how would you suggest that that should be handled so you know what i've uh, sort of learned over the years is if there's a situation that comes up again and again i need a humorous response to it i can't deal with a non humorous response right because it's just going to come up again right and i think in a situation like that like one just needs to turn around and ask right hey like if you're a startup you know the only thing that's constant over here is that something has to change and if you're holding on to something that that you're holding on to that this is how it's done then you know you really need to see whether the culture is good for everybody right um and having that chat because it's not about what you want to change but the fact that you're not allowing anything any new ideas to come up and that's totally against any startup culture i mean 
at at like at Paytm, we see that we take U-turns all the time. Um, we might have decided something, and then the market tells us something else. And I'm sure at Zomato, Ragni, you guys would have felt the same way. Every we take day. U-turns all the time. Like mm-hmm. if there is one thing that is true in a startup is that mm-hmm. everything is constantly being changed and broken mm-hmm. and challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you have to just ask yourself, hey, is this the best place and the best way, you know, best culture? Mm-hmm. So no, I, I hear you actually, it, it, it's not really such a company problem as such. It, it's more about just with this colleague and especially on this one-on-one when it happens. Right. That this is not according maybe to the, you know, it suddenly blows up to like, this is not what the ethos of the company is. Which right. then, then I tend to like then avoid that conversation. And now the thing has become that, okay, let's discuss only in a team meeting. But so right. that, that's, that's where I was coming from. And right. uh, yeah, but what you said, I, I totally, totally agree with that. Like the only thing constant really is change. Yeah. But uh, I think it's also important to question, right? Like, uh, uh, is there a reason why they're saying it? Like, what are they really saying? Are they saying that we don't want to change it or we don't want to accept this idea that is being suggested? And that idea that is being suggested could be, uh, you know, could have a different point of view. So. Yeah, mostly I think it's the second one. There shouldn't be other. It needs to be explored further as such. Uh, my, hello? Yeah, Am I, I on? hear you, sorry. Yeah, now we couldn't hear you earlier, sorry. Achha, no, I, okay. I was saying, yeah, mostly it's the second, what you just mentioned. It's more about, you know, the idea that is not okay. And then I think it just boils down to, okay, this is not how things are done here. But I think what you're saying is that maybe then it needs to be, uh, the conversation needs to go more towards, okay, what about this idea is not working? And soliciting those responses. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. And my, yeah. And my second uh, question yes. was about, you Sorry, know, am about- I just losing everybody or is it? We can hear you clearly, Saloni. Okay. Okay. It just said my internet was fluctuating. So yeah. I, I, I think now your video is, has paused, okay. but we can hear you still. Sure. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. And my second question, yeah. My second question was about, you know, how this, how to set say a mutually uh, acceptable boundary about, you know, what, what is okay in a joke or to sarcasm especially in these remote settings when, when some people have their video off and on uh, and you know, there's, there's not a lot of like body language to convey that maybe this, this, this is not really, you know, okay. Uh, and then not always, you know, say directed towards me, but say maybe a comment that is directed towards a team member, which, which actually then, you know, has a very different effect altogether. Right. So any, any yeah. advice there? Yeah. yeah. So like I follow two things over here always, right? Like if someone is saying something, I, like if someone is saying something, my standard thing is I'm not going to take it personally. They're saying it because they're saying it, right? I'm not going to take it personally because it's not helpful. It's just not helpful if I take it personally. When I have to say something, I stop myself if I can't say something kind, right? So I will not say something which is personal about the person because I know I mess up in that situation always. It always goes wrong uh, from experience, right? But so it's not personal, but if it's about like I mentioned, right? Chuck it in the fuck it bucket. It doesn't matter. Mm. It's not about you. It's a, it's a philosophy, right? Mm. Then it's fine. You could use humor as things like that, right? Like which diffuse situations. Um, but if it's personal, personally directed at somebody, that should always be avoided because people are sensitive. 
and if someone saying something we don't need to take it personally and i think often like i feel that a lot of my uh, i think a lot of guys don't take things very personally often at work mm-hmm. at least yeah. right but women do take things personally mm-hmm. right like and i think that is something that i've learned after working with a bunch of uh, you know very aggressive sales people they just don't take anything personally they're like okay ho gaya ho gaya chalo aage badho right uh, rather than dwell on it and i find that very helpful uh, in most places uh, in fact i find that very helpful even in conversations with my father sometimes because i know like you know he's start, going to start saying something and he wants me to take it personally but i will avoid it i'm like no like and so we you know so we've developed this thing between us uh, where we when we don't want to react to each other we just use the word pass so when it starts becoming personal either one of us is allowed to just use the word pass which basically means the conversation's over we're not moving ahead that's it pass conversation done and that diffuses it's yeah it's a, it's a it's a keyword so with very important people in my life i have these keywords right that situation's kharab ho rahi hai to just diffuse it got it got it yeah i think that really helps yeah I think I think that's me and my dad every time Modi comes up also is it <laughs> move to the next one uh, ignore if you want to ask your question thanks ragini i'm so sorry i haven't turned on my video which is slightly under the weather you have Hi, such a beautiful name thank you thank you so much <laughs> uh, so i just had like a quick question um so i always find conversations uh, you know talk conversations in a professional setting easier to kind of yeah. initiate than in a personal setting and i feel like i mean i put a lot of thought to it and i like, try to figure out why that happens to me because i get extremely anxious when i have to like have a personal conversation that's really tough uh, but in a professional setting i'm like i don't shy away from being assertive and i think it comes from the fact that i'm really confident about the work that i do so i'm automatically assertive about it and i'm really like straightforward and clear in my communication etc irrespective of what i get from the other side but in a personal conversation i kind of totally clamp up and you know sometimes i, I tend to like agree with and like give in to things that do not totally align with you know my belief and like later i tend to like regret that because that's not what i wanted to do or that's not something that i kind of uh, you know thought about and that really then makes me so anxious that it start, starts like affecting everything that i'm doing because then i start overthinking it so i mean how can one tackle that you know why why is it that i'm so assertive in my professional uh, life but not in my personal when it comes to these conversations you know yeah no i hear you and i think uh, i i i resonate completely with what you're saying i have the same issue like at work i don't have a problem with any tough conversation but my personal life i clamp up to um and i think uh, i've worked a lot with uh, my therapist as well as now having set up a mental health you know uh, set up for the last 3 years we've had a lot of these conversations and i think it's primarily to do with um there's a lot at stake in the personal life right like you know that the relationship has to go on at work you don't mind being assertive because you know this relationship nahi hoga to kuch aur hoga right Mm-hmm. uh people will come and go but in your personal life people are not going to come and go they are there they're always going to be there and you want to make sure that um that it's it's positive and it's nice um and i think i have used three different strategies uh, overall to to work with this in my personal life and i won't say i'm still learning um i'm still learning a lot over there but like i mentioned with my father uh, i have this strategy where we use the word pass 
uh, we had used to have massive confrontations. He's the biggest inspiration in my life. We love each other to bits, but we fight like crazy. Like, and my mother uh, threatens us before vacations that she's like, I'm going to put both of you back <laughs> in the plane. Right? You're not allowed. You're going to ruin my vacation. But and I have memories as a child of cities and what fight we had in that city. Right. So oh it's, it's a pattern. And um, so we came up with this. We said, we can't live like this. This is not positive for everybody in the house. Uh, so we use the word pass. And then we've, we've identified over a period of time what triggers both of us. He doesn't like it when I ask too many questions. So if he says, I'm doing this, I'll be like, oh, uh, why are you doing this? When is it happening? What is it? Tell me more. And he's like, I just told you I'm doing it. I don't want to ask, answer your questions. Right. Just stay off. Um, and to me, it's like, hey, but why don't you want to talk to me and tell me anything? Um, he has learned from me that he just needs to listen, right? Like if I'm talking, he needs to listen. And he owes me as a father that he has to listen to me. I'm his child. But it's taken us a while to understand that. Um, with a lot of other conversations, um, I'm single. I struggle with this conversation every time I'm trying to, I meet someone, I date somebody, I don't like them. Mm. Uh, and I want to say no. I struggle with that conversation. Honestly, like I really find it hard. I'm like, how can I reject somebody, right? Like, who am I to reject somebody? Um, but I've sort of uh, found very nice, positive ways to, 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 you know, have those conversations. In some cases, which I know with friends, etc., where uh, I find it difficult to have those conversations, I've made very, um, because you know yourself, right? And you know when these patterns come up. Um, so I've made very standard um, things that I need to focus on and say. Um, so like if you don't want to go to a party or a dinner or whatever, right? Or you don't like someone was asking um, if someone's just niggling you and they, they want a reaction from you. Uh, and if it gets too much, then I just smile and I politely leave the physical space. That's my last resort. Like I will leave the physical space and not have that conversation at that point of time. Uh, because I know I'm in a personal situation. I don't know how to manage it. So I will just leave politely and come back. Um, it doesn't work in all situations, um, but yeah, one is learning and one is trying. And if all of you have some, uh, you know, something to add, I would love to hear, uh, you know, from all of you as well. No, this, this actually makes so much sense. And I think like for me, primarily like the really, really close personal relationships, I think I can still kind of put myself out there and like say what I have to, but it's like the ones which are like, you know, like a budding relationship, for example, or like, you know, like you said, like you meeting someone and you figuring stuff out and that those kind of conversations just make me so like uh, nervous and like I get so scared that they like take up my entire mind space and I like obsess over it for like a week because I don't, I just don't know how to like handle myself like yeah no I hear you and my brother taught me something for this right he says look the earlier on you have that really nasty conversation the better it is and if you can't deal with it early on especially in in a dating scenario if you can't deal with a question like that in the early days so so just bite the bullet and ask that bloody question, right? <laughs> the faster you ask it, the better it is for the relationship. And that point of view really helped me start asking those questions, right? Because you're thinking, oh, like, should I ask? What is the person going to think? Blah, blah, whatever, right? Uh, but the truth is you want that answer, right? And if you, if you can't ask today, you're not going to be asked, to, you're not going to be comfortable asking it at a later stage. So the sooner, the minute the question comes up, but in a nice way without that judgment that I'm right, 
without that judgment that you know my way is the best way um ask and then ask yourself i think am i willing to accept that response or am i not willing to expect expect uh, accept that response if i'm not willing to accept that response then that's fine that's that's good but it's it's good to know yeah and it's good to let go then that makes that makes absolute sense i think it's difficult to do but it makes it makes so much sense <laughs> thank you no i think i think just adding to that just knowing your triggers also saloni what you said is so so important and i think just that expectation setting is 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 key to any relationship in my head uh chandni do you want to ask your question next yeah hi ragni hi uh, saloni actually it's very similar to what ignol just mentioned in fact i uh, i used to get uh, triggered by some of these things at work and at like in personal relationships so much that i over the last few months years started to kind of uh, avoid having these conversations altogether so i am since i anticipate uh a, a, a some kind of standstill or a or a communication breakdown or not a very positive you know outcome to some of these conversations i'm just avoiding them and i think then since we're having some of these conversations with our in our own head with our own self so much then i don't think beyond a point it's healthy so you're not opening up say for example you want clarity on a certain uh you know uh, in terms of your role or whatever with your boss and you've had two or three conversations they've not gone well so you know that you need to revisit the discussion but you don't know how to initiate it so how do we know uh, how do we initiate tough conversations when there is a history to it you know because it's still hanging in there so it's grace alone that you have this healthy uh, relationship now with your father but i'm sure there must there must have been some time that point where you know that now it's it's at a very bad state and you need to do something to kind of break through that and kind of move to a more positive yeah state so how I'll, i'll be honest i'm an escapist i to run away i'm like chodo thode din chhod do sabko sab theek ho jayega right time heals muddy waters let muddy waters lie they clear up in a while so honestly I, i'll be honest right like so with my dad personally i just ran away i went to chennai that's why i started my first startup i couldn't live at home i couldn't be with him I, and he knows it and i say it often as much as i love him um i couldn't do it so it was easier for me to just run away for a few days for a few years and maintain that relationship but have that distance and that's why i'm saying you don't have to be that extreme and just run away but sometimes just physically dissociating disassociating um letting muddy waters lie to clear themselves out over a period of time sometimes that helps uh sometimes it is important for you to get that answer and you know to have that conversation with especially with my bosses if i am having a tough time i often go to another peer and say hey not somebody who's like going to gossip in the organization but someone who's sensible who's been around who also understands that other person and uh, you know you have some of those people in the organization and ask them hey this is what's happening um you know what would you say how should i look at it what do i do uh, and often that that sort of brings another point of view like i'll give you an example um uh so a friend of mine works in uh you know uh, in an organization where he's having a really tough time and i happen to know his boss uh, because we've worked together on multiple things um so he comes back every time to me and he says you know i think my boss is thinking like this and some political angle and something whatever right and i just have to calmly remind him that your boss doesn't think so much 
he's not he's not thinking of you and he's not thinking of all these political angles he's busy doing what he needs to do and the reason he's saying this is because there is a logical reason he wants to protect the organization he wants a new source of revenue you know that is your boss's point of view but this guy is constantly like no but you know he's threatened by me and i'm such a big deal and i'm like no your boss is a much bigger deal than you so tu jo bhi hai bahut acha hai but wo nahi soch raha tere bare mein right so having a conversation sometimes with a third person is helpful because you are completely misreading the situation yep makes sense yeah and you don't have to initiate that conversation then you just need to be like yeah theek hai got it point of view changed Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Neetu Jata, do do you want to go next? Sure. Hi, Sununi. Uh, so I think my question is a bit different. I think where I really struggle is, you know, having those tough conversations with clients, uh, regarding say the commercials. So I just started my own thing this year, and obviously because of COVID, you know, things were a bit slow. But then they started picking up. um and now uh, i mean I, i really love what i'm doing but what happens is that uh, you know if i tell them uh, a certain budget obviously i know it's going to come back with different cuts i've been on the other side right so i know how they are thinking but i feel like i still have to put the same amount of work um and obviously a lot of times when things actually happen they go out of the scope of work so where i'm really struggling i think people say you have to be a bit shrewd when you're running your own thing so i think i'm just really struggling there and uh, my fear is that i'm going to lose the client and because it just started this year my other thing is also that you know i don't want to lose clients here so like i'm really struggling to have that sort of you know tough conversation with my clients that you know i sort of draw the line here uh, in my head i draw the line but i'm not able to say it sure so um i before i started my first company uh, i worked in a startup called web chutney for Six months, one year, six months or one year, something very short. But I learned this from my boss there, and he's a very good friend of mine now. Um, he used to put clients in two buckets. So he was just two years older than me. I was twenty-two. He was twenty-five. He used to put clients in two buckets. Do I want this logo or do I not want this logo? Right. So if I want this logo, I'll bend backwards and I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes, and I'll bite the bullet and I'll take that hit also. but if i don't want that logo or if i don't like you because you're being an ass on the other side then i'll charge you whatever i want to charge you because i don't care if i lose you as a client like if you're not adding you know joy to me personally in my working life or you're not adding like a big uh, addition to the you know to to our company then i will charge you whatever i want to charge you and i don't care if you go walk away because i'm going to overcharge you also because that compensates me for working with you while i don't want to work with you for whatever reason so two two buckets and i, I like i used that when i was building my company and I, it really helped because there were clients who would always cross the line and want to sort of you know make me work at 11 pm at night they would want to uh, you know uh, not give us uh, like one year is up and so i am a services company one year is up but they don't want to honor their contract and you know do inflation adjustment and increase the prices or whatever else or they would just outright say that we are not paying you for a month right because of xyz reason um so we also learned very quickly and we said fine clients who we know will misbehave and will uh, be difficult and will make our lives miserable we will not negotiate 
and we will actually overprice and overcoat ourselves because we don't mind losing you. So the point I'm trying to make is that, like you said, you fear that you lose the client. That is what you need to get over. Right. And the minute you get over that, you will actually, because if you don't ask, you're not going to get paid anyways. And I don't know if your clients are in India or abroad, but Indian clients are notorious, especially in Delhi. They're notorious for not paying, not paying on time. So if you don't negotiate hard enough, when the contract is being signed, there is no way that your company is anyways going to be successful going forward because you'll constantly be on that hamster wheel trying to make ends meet. So find that courage and clients that you really, either you like the individual, you like the work or you like the logo, then bend backwards if you want to. No, like you just said that I've just had a client today who doesn't want to work in December because it's like, even I do services, I work with, you know, startup beauty brands. Uh, so everything, everything is stuck in customs and things like that. And now he's like, you know, we cannot do December because I don't have those funds, but I understand because I really like working with that client. But then obviously, you know, there are those clients who just don't know where it ends. Um, so yeah, but I think like, you know, rightly what you said, what really hit me is that if I don't like have that tough conversation, I'll never be successful. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you. It took me seven years to learn that honestly. So you know, it's good. I learned it in my first year only. So thank you so much. Thank you. Nupur, I know your internet's a little patchy. Uh, are you still connected and would you want to? I am. I am. I'm going to give this a shot. I don't know why my uh, network's suddenly not uh, holding on. Um, but um, I, I don't know. Before I ask my question, I just thought I'd share a little thought about tough conversations because I have, like you said, Saloni, been an escapist for tough conversations throughout my life. In the last two years, I've actually had quite a breakthrough uh, with um, with some coaches and friends sort of changing my perception. So I wanted to just share it with the group. Um, the stance that I sort of changed in my head was making it about myself and standing up for yourself and just emphasizing that this is important for you and putting yourself before, uh, you know, anything else and just, just really being there for yourself. And that really helped me figure out that, no, I need to step in and have this conversation because it doesn't make sense for me to go back and crib with my friends about it later or with someone else. And um, yeah, it really helped me change my perception when I shared it with a few of my friends that, hey, this is how I changed it. And I started picking up the phone of my boss and saying, no, this is what I want to do. Um, things dramatically started changing for me. Um, so I just wanted to share that with everyone in case anyone's stuck in a similar situation. Uh, my question, though, is, uh, Saloni, for you, is how, about how do you approach deadlock in tough conversations? Um, which is, um, say, for example, you're talking to either someone in your team and it is, um, you know, um, it, it, it is sort of uh, someone in your team who's not performing well and you've had your two rounds of conversations, three rounds of conversations or whatever, but you know this person can do better um, and is just not getting through the head. The approach that I usually get told by my seniors is to, um, hey, if the person's not coming up to it, cut, cut your losses, let the person go. Uh, but somehow, uh, sometimes you just get stuck because you know that this person can come through as well. Or even with your seniors, sometimes there is a conversation where it's, it's just stuck. It's just a deadlock and you're not able to get through. How would you approach something like that, that you really want to make work? It's not one of those chuck it in the other bin and let it go. It is yeah. something that's important. Uh, though I really like that fucking bin, I'm going to be using that quite a bit. But 
for the important ones, for the ones that you really want to fight for? How do you break it? Um, I think, Nupur, there's no easy way, right? But I think my response to that always is that I just sit and listen and understand. Because I think if something really has to work, then I have to change my point of view as well. Maybe I'm not listening enough in that conversation. Maybe I'm not reading that situation correctly. Maybe I'm expecting too much from somebody. Um, and, you know, there is something, something to learn and something to let go. So I had a really difficult colleague once. Um, she was reporting to me and um, very bright girl, uh, you know, very um, intelligent, intellectual, could manage everything. I think she walked in with that attitude that I know better than you and you shouldn't be on that chair. I should be on that chair, right? Like she walked in with that attitude from day one. Um, and she made it, she reminded me every day about it, right? Um, and anything that I would suggest or say, uh, she would be like, no, but, and it would be a two hour conversation after that. No, but, you know, and two hour conversation. And we had no option. We had to make it work because we had made a commitment to, uh, you know, somebody and that somebody was very important. Uh, we couldn't just walk out. So we had to make it work. Um, and then after a few weeks, I sat down with her and I said, look, this is not healthy for you or for me. And we know we have to make this work. And we know this is a temporary situation in our life. We are not going to be here forever with each other. Um, so how do we make it easy for both of us and for our entire team? Because, you know, they get confused in all this. Um, and we came to a simple understanding. And I said, look, I'm not going to micromanage and I'm going to let you do what you want to do. Um, because I think you misunderstand my job. My job is not what you understand. And I don't have to give you feedback on everything. My job is to manage stakeholders and make sure that money is available for the project at all times. Your job is to make sure the project is executed. So let's draw our boundaries. Maybe we don't understand our boundaries well. Right. And these are the places where we overlap. We will learn to be respectful to each other. And if we can't do that, then shame on us that we can't do that because we are both professionals. Right. So we had that very, very difficult, um, you know, discussion and conversation over a period of time. It wasn't easy. And I said, look, I don't want to walk into work every day and have a two hour discussion on every small thing. Some things after like first three months, I understand we're having lengthy debates, but after three months, if we are really a team, then either we get each other or we don't. Right. These are five minute conversations, two minute conversations in some cases, and that's it. And if we don't get each other, then one of us has to leave this team. Right. Uh, so either you're going to leave the team or I'm going to leave the team. But one of us will leave the team. So she put her foot down and she said, yeah, you can leave the team if you want to, because I want your chair. And that's very clear. And that was it. That's fine. Then we slowly delivered what we had to deliver. And I was, I had other, you know, things to do as well. Um, so I said, I didn't give her the chair. We got someone else recruited in that position because she needed to learn that as well. But I moved out of the team and I took another project. Um, and she had the same issues with the new person. And finally she left. So sometimes and like you said, you can't let go and walk away from every situation. Sometimes you have to just live the hard life. But I think as professionals, it's easier to have that conversation. I think um, you asked me that question earlier, Agni, and I don't think I was feeling comfortable enough to share at that point. Um, but I think a lot of us would face this in very personal situations. I don't know how many of you are uh, married or you know separated or divorced. 
but I think for me, that difficult conversation was in my marriage where I walked out and I said, no, I can't do this anymore. Right. Because like you said, you have to put yourself first sometimes and you have to look at the larger picture. Do I want to stay sane the rest of my life or do I want to stay married the rest of my life was the question. Right. And my response was, Hey, okay. So I'll try and make it work till a point, but if you don't get it and I don't get it, nothing is forever in this world, right? Nothing, nothing is forever. Everything can be fixed for our own. Um, we will work hard. We will be empathetic. We will put our best foot forward. But if the other person doesn't get it beyond a point, we're not going to kill ourselves over it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Saloni. That really, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, I guess I got to do a little bit more of that, but also just, uh, yeah, stick it through. That's what we've been uh, doing. Maybe just have to push through certain situations a little bit more. Thank you. Welcome. Saloni, I know it's already seven, but can we take two last questions? If no, that's please. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Pratha, do you want to, I, I know Saloni's answered a little bit of it, but do you want to ask questions? Sure. Uh, thanks, Radhini. Uh, so, Saloni, what I wanted to ask is, you know, often, so I work in consulting, which is uh, which is a place where, you know, hierarchies are still very much in the picture, even though no one may spell it out. So often when, you know, you are trying to put your point forth or explain your perspective to someone who's far senior, at times it is perceived as um, debate and uh, you know they they might just say that oh but you know I, you know like it's it's too soon for you perhaps to 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 be speaking to me like that they may not say it explicitly but like i've had encounters where i was just trying to explain my perspective and then uh, so i think a lot of it also comes because of gender like if i'm perhaps uh, connecting with some uh, a, a male senior they would be like oh but i'm not debating what you're saying but that's not where i was going either i was just trying to have a dialogue so that the next time we are facing this kind of a situation with a client we know how to deal with it so how does one um, uh, take these conversations ahead? Because when I was put in that spot, then I was like, hai, uh, you know, I may as well just end this conversation here. Um, but, but I'm sure there's a better way to deal with it. So, yeah, I think, um, like I said, sometimes it's important to just have that conversation with the third person and not with the, the colleague that you're having it with, because uh, there may be a point of view that uh, that got missed from both sides, right? So right. walking in prepared. So uh, it happens often. Um, you know, sometimes you just need to see maybe the person's not receptive. It's not about that conversation. They're just not receptive to you because something else that had happened, right? Um, and maybe that's not a good time to have that that chat. Uh, going back a little more prepared at a later time, maybe sending them an email with some data, some facts. Uh, some insights uh, that sort of open up, you know, uh, uh, your point of uh, your, that makes your point and opens up their mind a little bit, sending something like that, having a chat and being more prepared um, rather than having an in-person whatever. So just walking in prepared at a later time with the same thing or bringing it up at another time, you know, when things are a little lighter and saying, hey, I didn't understand what you said that day, you know, could you just like walk me through it again? Could you tell me, uh, you know, why you made that comment um, or explain the situation. Some of those things also help out. Um, I'm facing a similar situation where we've had to 
you know we're trying to present a new idea and uh, it needs a lot of money so it's getting shot down again and again and everyone's like ha acha hai but you know um so but we're not giving up because we know that it's going to take time so we're building allies right because it's important we're building allies so instead of going only to the boss and saying hey you know what a fabulous idea why don't we do this we're going to different business leaders and we're saying what do you think about this right so uh, 80% of the business leaders gave us a thumbs up and said great idea 20% said waste of time right so when they said waste of time we said okay tell us why it's a waste of time right what do you think we should do what else should what would you do uh, to solve this problem and uh, so they're giving us different points of view and now we have built a much stronger case so now when we send it for the final budget approval we know that we've we've got allies right because there will be someone else in that meeting and the conversation will come up with that someone else and we are hoping that it will be one of our friends who on that 80% list who's going to say yeah we discussed this and we gave her this feedback as well and then it just makes it stronger because i'm not the only one who's saying it right? right there are other people and you know the way we have meetings in paytm you don't know who ends up in the meeting sometimes so it's important to cover a lot of people uh, who will then also voice it and it's also important to understand that there will be some people who will say yes to you but in the meeting they're going to be like bullshit idea nahi karna chahiye bilkul right so it's important to figure that out also but right. take feedback be prepared because there are there are 100 things that we don't understand sometimes that are going around right. Right. um like i have learned something recently um, uh, you know we were doing a lot of atl ads and i would go to my business heads and i'd be like yaar yeah, uh you know we should do these atl ads because whatever and they're like no no it's a waste of money and then we realize no atl ads are not just about the business right it's about leadership it is about the voice in the market which the business pnl doesn't support but the brand needs so it's okay the business head can continue saying no but we will still do it for them so you come up with everybody's point of view is very different um mm. and you just need to take that into perspective question so um saloni my question is around how do you effectively negotiate a pay raise or a promotion especially during the time of a transition say you're switching jobs or or something and i have had a friend who recently went through this in the development sector and that sector is seeing a severe crunch because of the covid crisis as well so how do you approach the conversation and say hey this is a non negotiable deal breaker even though i love the work that i do you say it just like that just the way you said it exactly in those words that this doesn't work for me for xyz reason i mean and i think often right uh, in some of these conversations we are just afraid to hear the no from the other side uh but i've had to work very hard to understand uh, so i'm a very black and white person zero and one yes or no good or bad right and i've worked for 5 years to understand that there are a lot of things in between so if you're asking for a pay raise you may say you know the person offering you x and you are saying 5x but there is 1x 2x 3x 4x and there's also 2.2 2.3 2.4 like there are a lot of other numbers in between 
right um so it's it's fine i mean it's a if it's a negotiation it's a negotiation you have to say what you want to say and then you have to accept what the other person saying uh, if they genuinely can't do it they can't do it and if they can come up a little bit um, and in a lot of places in like i don't know in the uh, you know what the roles are but in sales they also test you they want you to negotiate they want to see how how you know how much you can negotiate and how you negotiate that's part of your interview process so if you don't do it you're actually not even going to pass the interview great thank you i actually had one other question if i may yes please yeah so um, my question was around how do you admit to mistakes sincerely because apologies can often come across as hollow and you don't always want to launch into long explanations in the moment um so do you have a structure to how do you how you approach admitting to mistakes in the moment um so i learned this from my dad uh, and both of us have done it all our life um so it's just simple it's just saying i'm sorry right that's it it's just saying i'm sorry without anything aage ya piche that's it like you admitted your mistake there is no explanation that's it i'm sorry i care about you that's it nothing more it's the shortest sentence literally thank you thank you so much uh, thank you saloni i think that was very candid very bold and 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 very honest we really really enjoyed today's session and i can see i think members writing that as well uh members thank you for being so lovely and engaged today we'll see you on the next huddle very very soon